Go Birds Radio, presented by the Bet Parks Casino and Sportsbook app. Official sportsbook of the real Philly fan. What's going on? It's Elliot Shore Parks for my friends at Window Nation. And if you've had enough of your windows keeping the house chilly, then fight the February cold with Window Nation. Right now, replace your windows and save big with 50% off all window styles, plus zero down, zero interest, and no payments for 24 months. With proven quality and service, it's no wonder thousands have trusted Window Nation. Don't miss out. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com to schedule your free in-home estimate. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. You're listening to BGN Radio. I don't buy that. I mean, I think Corey does a great job in calling out our guys in the DB rooms. And it's not calling it out. It's instructing them on what they did right and what they did wrong. So, um, you know, if you need to get called out in front of a group, then... You're not getting things accomplished in your individual position meeting, and that's not the case. We have made it to episode number 132, and you're listening to us right here on BleedingGreenNation.com, and we thank you as always for tuning in. Of course, if you're out there on SoundCloud, iTunes, uh, Stitcher, well, especially iTunes, if you want to rate and subscribe and review, give us all the feedback that you would like. We want to make this show uh, the best it possibly can, and uh, thank you to the Reddit.comers, as of course we know that I am terrible, and so is BLG and the site. We all get paid by the Eagles, and it's fantastic, and we enjoy it. So thank you for tuning in again. And, you know, we are trying to just decipher exactly what to go through here. And I feel bad for everybody that's covering the team this week because there is nothing interesting to talk about as far as a Patriots-Eagles matchup. We'll touch on it a little bit, uh, but I just wanted to let everybody know, speaking of the Patriots and good vibes, PatsPulpit.com is is a fantastic sister site for all of the uh, Patriots views and how much they're going to kick the Eagles' asses this week. And even they're, even they're saying, you know, it could be a little bit different game that we're thinking of, but I don't think myself or my co-host right here, the editor-in-chief of Bleeding Green Nation, think uh, Mr. Brandon Lee Gouton. What's happening, buddy? We're doing all right. It feels like we just uh, it feels like we just had a conversation. <laughs> it feels like we did. We actually, uh, if everybody's been following the show for a long time, the system that we use finally shield capodiate us after almost a year and a half. So we had a, we recorded a great, some great thoughts. We, we gave some great predictions. We took some phone calls. We did all that good stuff. And guess what happened? Uh, the system crashed as soon as we, <laughs> we hit uh, the record button to stop the recording. So you're getting the tuned up version of episode number 132. And we're very, very happy to do that for you. But one of the big questions, BLG, that we have been going through all week has been, you know, do you want the Eagles to lose out? And I think this is one of those games where you're just you're just praying that look, there's there's been a lot of fire chip Kelly. There's been a lot of don't do that. I think that's pretty much been the storyline ever since Thanksgiving. The locker room, Malcolm Jenkins, how Jeffrey Laurie feels, and we'll get into that in a little bit too. But I, I'm at the point now where I would like this to be just respectable. Lose by ten. <laughs> you know, have have the Eagles lose by ten, and that's that's how I feel where everyone's at now. There's no way that they're winning this football game. They haven't, you know, the Patriots haven't lost since 2008 at home with Brady being there. They haven't lost back-to-back games in quite a long time. So 
I, I, I don't know. That's where I kind of were at with, with everything. And are, are you at the point now where, yeah, this, this would probably just be better to lose and, and, and get that higher draft pick. Is that, is that how you feel? And is that how the town is at right now? I'll start with the Patriots game. And I completely agree with you. There's just, there's no chance we they win this. And we've been saying that even when we thought the Eagles might actually be good. I mean, that's that's been in it pretty much since the schedule came out. Everyone saw week 13. They saw a away game at the Patriots, and everyone was like, yep, the Eagles are, are not going to win that one. So it's it's not even just being negative about the team right now. I think it's more about accepting reality. And I think you're right. If the Eagles can keep it close, I think that's, that's kind of a moral victory. And that's kind of depressing because you, know, you, you don't really – it doesn't really give you much – satisfaction at four and eight and you're, you're saying oh at least we lost to the Patriots by 10 <laughs> points but, but that's the reality of the situation right now and and I do think losing now ultimately is what's best for the team you have to get that quarterback the Eagles were in a position last year where they couldn't get a quarterback that they really wanted to get they tried to they tried to give up a big package to move up high in the draft but the Titans ultimately just said no we're going to just take the guy and that's that's absolutely the right thing to do and I don't want the Eagles to be in a spot, or at least I don't think it's best for them to be in a spot where they're in a position where they have to rely on that again. I think they need to be in the position where they're at t- picking at the top there and saying, this is the guy, this is the quarterback we're going with. This is the guy we believe in, and no one's going to stop us. We are going to take him. And I think they absolutely need, 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 need to draft at least one quarterback. They could draft multiple quarterbacks in this draft, and that would be fine, but they at least need to get one and probably early in the first round because they don't have that second round pick. I do think drafting a guy high is really what this franchise needs. Yeah. And uh, I'm not even sure when we'll get into that in just a little bit too, because I think that there's, well, I, I don't, I don't think as much as, as much as we want to nail everything and say that, you know, Lynch or, or golf or even cook might be the guys. I actually don't think that there's a ton of separation, especially with success in this draft class. I think it's like, I think this draft class is like 2013 minus luck or no, who was even in there? Was that the ponder draft? Whatever the ponder draft was, was that's how this is. I mean, you just got to kind of get lucky here and I'm not sure if you want to waste those resources, but the other thing that's been happening in us just trying to figure this thing out, does Jeff Lee Laurie have confidence in Chip Kelly moving forward, no matter what happens. Uh, Paul Domowicz, who had a story today saying that, yes, he's asked around the league, he thinks the executives, at least, that Laurie has confidence still in Chip. He's still eye on him moving forward. Um, other thing that he's also reporting right now, and it's kind of a good thing that maybe the first one got scrapped, Jason Peters has been moved to questionable now for this for this game. So we go back to all the things about, you know, Matt Lombardo talking about uh, the agent that says you know, guys won't play for him. I mean, that's been the popular name. That's probably who he was talking to. We also question that with Ryan Matthews, maybe even DeMarco Murray. So those things that continue to pop up, that's why it's imp- I think that's more important this week than anything here is that to if if Kelly is going to stay around here, they have to play like they want to be on the field, like they will go into battle here. And I'm not so sure that by losing out and still getting that high draft pick here, Brandon, does that change the scope of what Lori thinks of this or what do the players think of Chip? How do you see that playing out if Kelly does lose out? Is he here next year? I think uh, it's a, that's a great question, John. I think Domo touched on it. He kind of wrote that it doesn't matter what happens in these last five games. I really don't agree with that at all. I think Jeffrey Lurie does have a strong opinion of Chip now, and I think that's, like I said earlier, well, on the last show, rather, that didn't get recorded. <laughs> yeah. I said that. Uh, Lurie, before all of this started, before any of this downturn kind of started and, you know, things were still looking up for the Eagles, or at least, you know, there's hope and everything like that. You know, Jeffrey Lurie is really high on Chip Kelly, and that's something we could all probably figure out. I'm not exactly breaking ground here, but I'm I'm telling you that, I, you know, I do know that Jeffrey Lurie is a huge Chip Kelly fan. But I will say that, you know, I haven't been able to reach out since I haven't really heard how Lurie's opinion has changed, if it has changed, I don't know. But, it, you know, it might have, considering how disappointing this team has been. And I, I do wonder if Lurie thinks, you know, this is the guy I gave the power to, and it really hasn't paid off, and it's kind of been a mess. And, you know, the team in recent weeks has looked like they've kind of quit and things like that. 
And that's just not a good situation. So I think if they, you know, they could lose out probably and ship could still be around. I, I see that in a scenario where the team is playing hard or maybe losing close games, something like that. Maybe injuries start to pile up again. So you kind of have that kind of excuse going. Uh, I, I don't see it where chip can survive if the Eagles are getting blown out every week or, or at least like, you know, three out of the remaining five games and they just look lost and, you know, the young players aren't showing any kind of progress and guys, the effort just isn't there. If it's something like that and it's a mess, I don't see how chip survives that. Yeah. And um, if, yeah, no, I don't, I don't either. And I, it more to me, not that like, not that I would be severely disappointed if you got to move. I mean, you, I would, I would feel like you have to move on that point too. Uh, I just don't, I mean, just the work that's going to have to go back into getting this team to a contender. I don't know. Like you're, you just, you just spent this entire year <laughs> trying to do it in one man's eyes. And now you're completely switching that and moving to another. And that's going to be a two year process to probably to get back to whatever it is. But I, I say that. And then the NFL like switches so many times, but there's just been so many bad teams and you had touched on, you had touched on the quarterback, and, and this is what I'll say. You know, they obviously need to draft one, and we can have all our different opinions on sunk cost, a.k.a. Sam Bradford. Uh, uh, but where where I look at that is where is more or less that they're, they don't even have to necessarily do that in the first round. I don't think they have to be caught in a quarter. I don't think you have to draft Lynch or Cook or Goff or one of those guys. If they're still there wherever you're at. It's just the fact that they haven't had, they haven't had a top 15 talent very impactful in the past three years. I think we can pretty much say that, at least like immediately. I think the draft class this year is still kind of up and down. You could make the argument for Jordan Hicks, and I think he played great. We're going to see more of Eric Rowe this week, which I think is very important against not Megatron, against basically you know pedestrian wide receivers for the most part, but you're still dealing with Tom Brady. You're still dealing with a great coach. So that's the... I still think of the jury still out on Nelson Aguilar, but the difference between... I think what, and it all stems back again to 2014 because if they would have, there was so much back and forth between there. I think Brandon Ewan said at one point that they didn't agree on a player uh, in 2014. If they didn't agree on one, they would move on to the next one. They wouldn't draft a player unless they both agreed on drafting that player. So I think in 2014, that's where it gets interesting. Is, and is we're talking about Howie and Chip now. Yes, we're talking about Howie and Chip now. Um, and there was opportunities to grab those quarterbacks. So I wonder if, and I, I'm not saying Howie and I'm not saying Chip, I wonder if one of those guys wanted a quarterback there and either one of them said, no, I would just assume because of the departure of Foles and how he kind of felt with that, even so that, you know, he wasn't really on board with them <laughs> moving into the next season either. I mean, you brought back Mark Sanchez in here. You did a couple of other different things to have a, a, a different options moving forward there. So I don't I don't know. Is that a possibility that they just kind of showed each other their draft boards from 2014 and that's how this ended up being anyway here, Bill G? I think specifically with Foles, thinking about it more, I mean, that pick was made under Howie Roseman. I, I think there are reports that Howie Roseman wanted Kirk Cousins, actually, <laughs> instead of Nick <laughs> Foles. And Andy Reid wanted Foles, which, by the way, kind of lends to the idea that how he didn't really have full control in 2012. Correct. As some people have suggested, but that's not the point I was trying to make here. I'm, I'm trying to say that, you know, I, I just wonder, I don't know this, but I'm wondering if, you know, that pick was made, the, the false pick was made under Howie. And that made it look, that made Howie look pretty great because if you can find a franchise quarterback like that in any round, but especially like they did in the third round there with Foles and for a guy to have that much of amazing of a season, I don't think Howie wants to get rid of that guy at all. Even yeah. if Chip did, which we don't know if he did, but I don't. So I think, you know, that's that could be a big case where it's almost like we're not going to draft a quarterback because Foles is the guy. And, you know, and that's Howie having a big input there. And again, I don't know this. So this is this is all just assumption. Maybe it's not like that. It's not really fair to say. But you, know, you look back at that 2014 draft and I mean, that was pretty much the best opportunity the Eagles have had to get a young franchise quarterback potential potential you know not not for sure that you know Derek Carr or Teddy Bridgewater whoever's going to win the Super Bowl can't can't write that in just yet but you know obviously guys who are showing promise 
they really didn't have that opportunity since they passed over Russell Wilson. And, you know, it's, it's come back to hurt him because they, you know, they, they stuck with Foles, didn't work out, and now they're on Sam Bradford, and that's not looking great. And, you know, I said it in, in, the, in, the, in the, the version of the show that got deleted here. I said, you know, the Eagles, they haven't had a franchise quarterback since Donovan McNabb. And I'm not saying anything that isn't new, but, man, it's just incredible how we go into each and every season thinking this team, you know, might be able to contend. And really, we're just lying to ourselves because they clearly haven't had the franchise guy. We've tried to talk ourselves into half measures, into guys who... Michael Vick, free agency, you know, like a third-round pick like Nick Foles, trade Sam Bradford. There's other ways to find quarterbacks than drafting high, yes. But I think with this team, I really think No, there's think not. That's, that's, that, that's my point. Not, well, there's there are, not. it's rare. That, it's very rare. <laughs> yeah, like Drew exactly. Brees, free agency. You know, like some, like something like that is very rare. I'm saying, for the most part, you and what this franchise hasn't done since Donovan McNabb is draft a quarterback very high and develop him. Yeah. And that's what I, I think they need to do. And that's where, you know, a lot of teams have kind of taken on that there. A lot of it is just like, you know, sometimes you just got to draft a quarterback a year. I'm, I'm, it's, that's what the Eagles need to do from now on. I'm not necessarily they have to do it in the first round, though. That's where I'm going to swing this thing back around is that I don't see any, I don't see much difference between Lynch, Cook, Goff, uh, you know, Brissett, et cetera, et cetera, uh, Wentz, all those guys. I don't see, I, I, I'm, and I'll probably be wrong by the time March and May rolls around and you're going to, point back to sing and be an idiot and that's fine but um I, I there's just not that one two class this year there's not like oh yeah this guy's number one this guy's definitely number two then there's a drop off and it's still early but it, I, I, we knew that Winston and Mariota were one two by this point we're going into the national championship season we knew that Mariota and Winston were going to be the top two out of these and then after that there was a lot of debate you know there's a lot of debate and then and then we got into like Brett Hundley uh, a lot of guys were like yeah Brett Hundley uh, is is nowhere or isn't that dissimilar from Marcus Mariota, which is like oh Bob, okay, uh, you know. Uh, but there are, I'm at the point now where I I just an impactful player is, is okay with me. I'm okay if 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 that if that guy's if that guy's Treadwell or Corey Coleman. I'm okay with the doing of Detroit Lions and drafting another wide receiver in the first round because of that. And I go back to 2014 for a second. Because in my mind, at least, Chip Kelly looks more like the aggressor. You know, Howie Roman was Howie Roseman seems like to be the the savvier move down guy of like you can't waste the draft picks, and that's already been shown. I can't remember who put it up, but we we've seen that through they, they you know over the past couple of years, even with Andy and those guys, uh, they had a ton of picks and they and they missed on all of them from 2010, 11, 12. You know, like there's just. There's not a lot of guys that are there. I think there was three out of, oh, it was the 2010 and 11, three out of the 24 players are still here. That's unacceptable. They can't have that. So I'm okay with the core of potentially good players that they have. I think Lane Johnson is good. I think Jason Kelsey is still good having a down year and dealing with injuries. I don't think he suddenly turned bad. Uh, I, I think that Aguilar and Matthews are good players. I, I, I don't know what to do about Huff. I don't, uh, Sam Bradford is what he is. You know, I think there's still room to grow there, at least to get him back to St. Louis Sammy. Uh, but he is, he is not, he's not good enough uh, to, you know, I don't know, to be the contender. And that, that to me, I still believe, yes, that QB is the most important position. I'm just not sure if it's in this draft. So I, not to be locked down into that first round with the quarterback, I don't think they have to do that. But I do think that they definitely, have to draft one this year, and it's going to be an int- at least one, maybe even two. I'm okay, you know, late late flyer on Boykin uh, in the seventh round. Go for it. I, don't convert him to wide receiver. Same with Dak Prescott. You want to do that? Let's g- 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 go for it. I'd like to see some more mobility, just like anybody else here too. But I want to see the arm first. I know that a lot of people think Lynch is that guy. I think that's a long way to go, and I think there's a lot of tape that needs to be washed before. Before we can see, keep seeing that, I feel like he's the most popular one out of this crew here. But yeah, just I, I think that's more or less. I maybe that's where because to go back to 2014 again. Sorry, it's just you know they they targeted Mike Evans, they targeted Odell Beckham Jr. and Haha Clinton Dix and Brandon Cooks and et cetera, et cetera. If they if they were to go up and get one of any of those guys, maybe not Brandon Cooks. I don't know if it, he hasn't been that impactful in New Orleans, but that's that's also. Uh, been kind of a shit show down there too as of late. 
there, I don't think we have the Deshaun discussion as much, especially if it's Odell Beckham Jr. Like, if they've somehow landed that, if he wanted to go up and get him and scoop over the Giants or whatever and take him in there because he thought he was the best player in the draft, we're talking about a completely different situation now, you know? Um, but I don't know. It's it's funny. I'm not saying either way. I, I just think that that's what caused this season, and that's where we're at right now. I think that's where, you know, where wherever it is between 2014 screwed this up and not just picking personnel, but also where they are now with the GM moves and how terrible that the season has gone. That's what caused all this. I don't see any way other than Chip bringing in his draft board and how he bringing in his and going, see, see, I told you this, we can't have this mess anymore. Either way, you couldn't, you couldn't, you can't do that anyway. You can't have two guys and, and, and their drafting strategies Okay, unless we agree on both and we're not going to take them. That's stupid. Like, one guy has to make that call. You can't have two guys making that call and just being, like, friendly with one another. So I'm, fi- I'm fine with not having that. And I don't know how you feel about Roseman being in here in general next year. That's one thing that we haven't touched on yet. How do you feel about Roseman just being in the building at all next year? Well, there was a report that popped up earlier this week from uh, Mike Garofalo, Fox Sports 1, who said that, what do you say? He said something like Howie Roseman might be in demand after this season. I feel like that basically is just a report coming from Howie Roseman himself. <laughs> so uh, like where we, I think, I think there's a weird dynamic that has happened here and it, it has become that chip is so bad as a DM in some people's eyes that that somehow has made, you know, like Howie good all of a sudden, just, you know what I mean? It's like, cause it's just a comparative thing and it's like, well, this guy is bad. And that guy is not as bad, so that means he's good. I mean, no, it, it, I don't think it does mean Howie is good. I think if Howie was so great, why did he lose his job? Like that just doesn't make any sense. Or why to didn't me. he and go get another one? Really, that's or that, right. yeah. And you can't tell me he got promoted because he he just wanted to work in personnel. The Eagles gave him an unofficial promotion, but I mean, he essentially got kicked out of the department where he wanted to be, and they moved him to the other side of the building. You know, I, not to trash on Howie here because I don't. I'm not saying you know. I don't think that accomplishes a lot. I'm not trying to say uh, Howie's the worst ever. I'm just saying I don't think he's part of the solution. I don't. I don't think Howie's part of the solution because I think he lost his job, and I don't see how you sell that to a fan base somehow. If you did put Howie back into control, how do you how do you sell that to people? This guy wasn't good enough. Oh wait, now he is. Like what? Like wait, what? Well then, why did you get rid of him in the first place? Yeah. So I, I really think I don't like that at all. And I, that's why I think he kind of needs to go because I don't think I don't think it's it's a very it's not an environment conducive to success. And there's people with conflicting agendas and there's people who just aren't good enough. Like I said, I don't think Howie was good enough if he's if he basically got demoted and and kicked out of where he wanted to be. And and if Chip isn't the solution either, I really think, you know, I don't want this to be a fire situation where. It's just, you know, in-house promoting each year. I think, you know, maybe maybe the best voice at this point could be someone out of the organization. Yeah, and I think that's what the case for, I think that's the case for the players' things too. I, I just think that, yes, the maybe get, a lot of the moves we can agree with the getting rid of, uh, it's just the replacing. The pro- replacing is where we have, have the issue. That, that's the issue we have with Chip this year. Uh, and a lot of things moving forward. I tell you what, let's get to to, uh, some of the phone calls, so we'll try and have some analyses on this uh, football game here. We want to hear from you. Call the Duncan Philly Anytime Hotline. Leave us a message, and we'll put you on the air. 267-245-6066. That's 267-245-6066. Or tweet your thoughts to us at BGN underscore radio. Hey, what's going on, John and the gang? How are you guys doing? I had a little discussion about something I've been hearing in light of the uh, two recent losses against Tampa and Detroit. Um, I'm hearing a lot about people talk about the the regression of the team from last season, and I'm really not sure if that's even accurate. Uh, this team really wasn't that good last year, and I'm I'm honestly thinking that more of the regression came from 2013 to 2014. Uh, you know, with the exception of the uh, special teams last year, which you know the DVOA was like off the charts, you know, highest in the league by a good margin. Obviously, that's something that's certain to regress. I'm not really sure where I'm seeing the regression coming from. This offense wasn't good last year. You know, it's not that good this year. 
And uh, I just wanted to get your take on that. See, you know, see what you guys thought about that. Uh, anyway, you guys always show it. Uh, hope the Eagles get a, get a nice win on Sunday. All right, take care, guys. Bye. Uh, Ryan, yeah, I don't know the regression from I. I do. I've always been one to say that the regression was uh, a lot worse last year, and it's still kind of almost the same team from last year, just with slightly different problems and uh and and everything else. I think there. Yeah, I mean, like I'm not going to say that it was completely worse, but there are the signs of this were already kind of coming. I think even even into uh, the 2013 into the 2014 season. There was a lot of people talking about the regression. The regression was coming there, and I was laughing at all of them, saying like, oh, "You don't know what you're talking about." No, I think the offense really has regressed in a huge way. I mean, 2013, your Chip came in here; he's breaking records at a pace where it was just kind of like, "Whoa!" You know, I you know a lot of people are excited about Chip Kelly, but he he exceeded expectations. People were talking about if his offense was going to work. I mean, <laughs> it worked amazingly well, and then. 2014, they took a step back. Nick Foles, you know, regressing. Run game not being as good, which I, I've said all along, I think is the key to this whole thing. Is For as much as we talk about quarterback, and I firmly believe that's the most important position, you know, I think, you know, the run game is, is very much connected to that, especially in this offense. If you don't have the run game going and you're not making life easy on the quarterback, especially when you have a situation where you have subpar talent at quarterback, you're really not going to, to get that good quarterback play. You're not really helping him out. You don't have a quarterback who can really carry the team. It's not many teams do. It's very hard to get that guy, but that's the guy that the Eagles still need to be looking for no matter what. But to get to your point, yeah, I mean, they they have taken a step back. They took a step back in 2014 this year. It is even worse. I think part of a big part of that is due to the lack of continuity. They, they made so many changes, Sam Bradford, wide receivers, Marco Murray, the running backs, offensive line is different. I do think some of that takes time to gel, but at the other time, I mean, at the same time, a lot of the talent just isn't good enough. You know, you're you're not getting anything out of Nelson Aguilar. You're not you're not getting anything really out of Josh Huff, especially if you're not targeting him, which is another part of the problem. You know, the the players aren't being used correctly. Miles Austin and Riley Cooper are playing way too much. They're rotating. Why are they rotating? Yeah, I have no idea. Why are they like <laughs> they're rotating with each other? Like if they're one they player. Be playing at all. Remember, there was one player altogether. Yeah, yeah. That, that's where One it's just crappy player. That is just the, that that's what baffles me too. And I think I said that before is the continuity of the coach and not the GM where I'm just like, man, oh man. Like you gotta get uh you gotta change some stuff up there. I don't I don't care what you think of Josh Huff at this point. I just can't look at that anymore. We I wanna touch on that too, John. I wanna say that, you know, a lot of people there are a lot of articles and stuff out there and there's this notion that Chip Kelly, the GM, has been bad, but Chip Kelly, the coach, has still been good. I don't know. I don't fully agree with that. I can't say I fully agree with that. I think, like you just pointed out, there are mistakes there, too, that have been very disappointing. Yeah, yeah. it's uh, it's been a lot of back and forth on that, but I agree. I think they've both been uh, pretty mediocre uh, this year. All right, let's go to Stephen Lee. What's up, BGN? This is Stephen Lee calling from West Palm Beach, Florida, in regards to this weekend's matchup against the Patriots. And I, along with the majority of the country, really don't foresee us winning this game. But if there ever were an opportunity to do so, they are without Gronk, Amendola, Edelman. We need to get pressure on Brady. Uh, you know, again, it's a game I, we probably won't win. But if ever we're, we were to rally, this would really be the time to do it. Um, Obviously, this season's been, you know, such a major disappointment. But one thing that uh, I, that really bothers me, and um, I called in to discuss, is Malcolm Jenkins saying what he did. I don't like this disclosing information about meetings and how he likes to be coached. Now's not the time to do it. You don't go to the media with that type of stuff. If anything, that just divides the locker room further. Um, so what are your guys' thoughts on that? And uh, do you see this team just imploding and, and winning five or six games? All right, later. Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm i kind of both ways with uh, with Malcolm Jenkins. I'll say this. If Malcolm was on the radio, our radio show, I would absolutely love him to talk about that because that's what people want to know. They want to know behind the curtain stuff. They want to know if they can't get access from Chip Kelly. That's what people want to know. I'm fine for Malcolm Jenkins speaking his mind. I think any player should be able to do that, and I, I I think that's a good thing. I also think if that was Chip Kelly saying that of how, like, I don't know, ripping Malcolm Jenkins at some point or criticizing him at some point, we'd all be on him too. Like, we would absolutely kill him. So 
I get it from uh, from a fan and media perspective. I love it. From a, a, a team perspective, I would think I would hate that, but I don't know how you feel about that, BLG. Jenkins' comments are very interesting to me because he's a guy who is the most like pro-team guy there is. I mean, he's not going to – I was very surprised – he said what he said because, you know, you don't expect that out of Malcolm Jenkins. You expect him to say all the right things to not really cause any kind of controversy with the comments he he says. He he speaks honestly, but he, he's not a guy to to really kind of throw people under the bus. And he kind of did with his comments about Bill Davis's red zone defense being predictable. And maybe that's a fair criticism. I'm not, saying, <laughs> I'm not saying it's wrong, yeah. but I'm saying, you know, it's kind of like, well, maybe don't say that because yeah. I don't really think that really helps anyone. And. And I don't think Billy would – I definitely don't think Billy would leave Malcolm out to dry like that. So you know, I think that's kind of an issue there. But as far as the the thing where he talks about, you know, uh, the, the accountability and, and how the, the Eagles are structured, well, you know, Malcolm's coming from a different team. He was drafted by the Saints. They run things their way. I don't know how – all you know, other thirty NFL teams aside from the Eagles and Saints to run their operations. They might <laughs> Bill Bill does Bill Belichick do the same thing? I don't know. Maybe don't know. maybe not. But also, like we didn't <laughs> we were talking about that. It was just like, well, weren't they? Isn't that Rob Ryan doing that? Like, how, I mean, how, how how well does that really work out? You know, <laughs> or Greg Williams and great. I'm not taking my cues from him either. Like, it's just gonna. I I think Davis and Shermer had also said they have done same the same thing similar. Or Chip had said that they had done the same thing similar, and that's what they kind of all agreed on. Like, they meet with uh, – offense meets for 10 minutes, the defense meets for 10 minutes, then they break up into position groups and team meetings and all that. I, I That makes sense to me doing it that way. I think it's okay – but I think it's okay for Malcolm to be like, yeah, it, it's hard to make 53 people happy with exactly how they want to be coached. Some, some people want to be coddled. Some people want to be yelled at. Some people want uh, nothing. Some people just don't want to be talked to and would rather have it in the position room. So there's – there's a ton of different ways. There's no one good way to, I don't know, crit- criticize somebody, I guess. Yeah, the Eagles aren't meeting stru- – like, ch- if the Eagles change their meeting structure, they're not that much away from a Super Bowl. There's, like, that's not <laughs> – that's like one of the things that is definitely not preventing them from being a Super Bowl contender right now. I mean, it's it might be – those things add up, sure. I think there's some value in that. But to me, I look at everything, you know, on the macro level, and I'm seeing, like, this is really – an issue I think that's mostly getting attention because it's a week where there isn't a lot of else going on. And I, I said this, you know, there are two posts up right now on philly.com and I'm not ripping philly.com. I'm just pointing out the fact how there's really just nothing too great or too interesting to talk about this team. There are two posts up about Jonathan Krause who used to play, who, who most of you probably just don't even know I just said, and who used to play for the Patriots and was on the Eagles practice squad, and they promoted him last week. So that's where we're at right now, John. Well, that is, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like that's if you're going to that because like he used to play for the Patriots, right? That's how they got that. So so like yeah, I mean that's a uh, how do we talk about the game? Okay, this guy just got called, and maybe well, hey, if he takes away snaps from Riley Cooper, great. You know, if, if he takes away from snaps from Riley Lawson, great. No, he won't. It, it's not going to be. That's what we've already kind of established here. So, um, yeah, well, let's go to the next one. What's going on, Bleeding Green Nation? This is Chuck from Oak Park. Man, it's been a crappy month to be a Philadelphia fan. Uh, it's been brutal to be an Eagles fan watching these last two blowouts back-to-back. I think the most disappointing part for me is, you know, we lost the Dolphins game by one point. And I said to myself, you know, they're going to come out angry against Tampa Bay. They should have won that game against the Dolphins. They're going to come out angry. And then they just laid down and they took it. And then I said to myself, oh, a blowout, a game that they should have won, they're going to come out angry. And once again, they just laid down and took it. And I look at these last three games and I say to myself, we're just not a good football team. And so I look ahead to the schedule and I see the Patriots coming up. And I'm afraid three huge blowouts in a row. I know that the Patriots don't have Gronk right now. I know they're missing a couple other players due to injury. But I just don't feel like this game is going to be close. And it's it's going to be even more difficult come this Sunday. My question to you guys is, I don't ever remember seeing, like, our defense looked incredible in the beginning of the season. Like, you know, we had our ups and downs, but for the most part, we were down even down of them. Now, the last two weeks, it looks like they can't cover anybody. I know, like, the injuries that Jordan Hicks hurt, but I don't know if I've ever seen it in the National Football League some unit go from that good to that bad so quickly. 
uh, I don't know. What are you guys' thoughts? Thanks for the time, and go Eagles. Yeah, Chuck, I don't understand that either. I don't. I can't. I cannot tell you one specific thing that dragged a a, a board. A, 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 let's say a top ten defense because we can. Whether you want to do DVOA or regular statistics or anything like that, this is a top ten defense for at least five or six weeks, and then it just kind of started dropping off there. So I, I don't know. I, I would say what affects it the most is the offense not being able to score points and not being able to stay on the field. Uh, so that's where I would go. But BLG, do you have any answers to that? I think that's part of it. I think it's a number of reasons. I think a lot of people point to losing Jordan Hicks. Obviously, that's a factor. <laughs> but he wasn't. Oh, yeah. It's not like he was holding the whole defense up. Uh, I think the snaps are a huge factor. It's the fact that the offense can't stay on the field. And again, the defense is still part of that to blame because there are times where it's third and long and they can't get off the field. And it's either because, you know, they're not finishing the play, like they're getting Brandon Graham or Connor Barwin. They're, they're getting close to the quarterback and they're not bringing him down. We saw that against the Lions a couple of times where Stafford kind of just ran right through. We saw, you know, times where the guys are just wide open on third down, third and long. Uh, they, they beat coverage too easily. So there's a lot of different people to blame for that. And it's certainly not all in the offense. The defense owns some accountability there. But it, even still, it's just really it's really weird how the defense just dropped off like that. It's I, I feel like we don't see that too often in the NFL. Maybe we do. I just feel like, you know, you usually see like a strong defense like that. And they're, they usually stay at least pretty solid. I don't think you see a defense going from that good to that bad in that such short amount of time it wasn't this wasn't even like a slow developing thing this wasn't like okay they kind of just slowly deteriorated as the season went on it was no it was like this defense was you know top top five top 10 and all of a sudden it's like bottom five just <laughs> one game later and it's it's really it's mind-blowing to me uh all right let's go to the next one Hey, what's going on, guys? My name is Quentin. I'm calling from Baltimore, Maryland, but I am Eagles fan. Born in Philly, raised in Philly. Um, but basically, Chip's got to go. Um, he's destroyed the team. He picked up a whole bunch of players that he wanted. He actually won a couple of games his first year with Andy's players. You know, um, the 4 and 12 season, a lot of guys were hurt that year. Um, and even I was with your last podcast, you guys were talking about we haven't had a chance to get a quarterback. We've had plenty of chances. He's not taking them. Um, even with the Foles and Bradford situation, we trade him over for nothing, really. We, we give up a draft pick for essentially the same type of player who's hurt and is just not that good. He's not good, period. The guys that we have replacing these stars that we let go are not good. They're not NFL talent as far as starters and, and, and number one guys. Um, even on the defense, you know, we pick up some guys on defense and then we screwed up with signing Maxwell who couldn't cover my 88-year-old grandmother. So, I mean... It has to be Chip Kelly. I really don't see any other way. These are his guys. It's his plays. Everything, whatever comes out of that locker room, anything, it's always, it's not him. It's everybody else. The players are always not being um, correctly ran or not executed correctly. If any player says anything about how they do things, well, that's not true. I don't agree with that. He doesn't agree with anything that is not what he believes. And I think that that's the problem. I think a lot of people see that. The players see that. The fans see that. And they're getting tired of them. I'm tired of them, too. Thanks. Uh, Quentin in Baltimore, thanks for checking in, man. I'm glad you uh, checked us out, and uh, we appreciate you uh, checking it out. However, <laughs> I think we're going to disagree on on uh, a couple of things. Look, I understand if you are if you want him gone, I'm not going to be able to change your mind. You should be able. You should feel that way after all this garbage that's happening here. But I don't think that one. I don't think Maxwell has played poorly. Even though we can we can go through how the defense has, and I don't. I know he dogged it a couple of times. I looked like everybody was dogging it. Uh, a, a couple of those in, in, in the Tampa Bay game, like he had some weird, 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 uh, you know, jumping uh, for the ball when it wasn't there type of things. Really weak tackling, always trying to strip the ball. I get all the frustration of that. Overall, I think he's played pretty well. You know, I, I maybe not to the his contract. And look, you're always going to have that kind of being judged as you know, he's not a sixty three million dollar man or whatever. That's always going to happen in free agency, no matter what, no matter who you pick. Uh, that's how it goes. Most of them aren't good, probably not that good for their contract, but I still think it was better than the situation was here. And thank God it's not Bradley Fletcher, Eric Rose still looking pretty decent. And I just got, I mean, like, let's just be, uh, if a Foles not being th- that much better than, uh, or excuse me, Bradford not being that much better than Foles, I completely disagree with. Look, I, I, <laughs> I, I understand, or excuse me, sunk cost. I keep remembering up to say it. Sunk cost is still better uh, than the Nick Foles situation. 
we and, and think about it this way. At least this, I might be lying here, BLG, and you can correct me if I'm, I'm just lying to myself. But for a guy that's coming off of back-to-back ACL injuries and who has had such a horrible start to the season and just looked awful, along with just the, the all the mishaps on the offensive line or and and wide receivers and everything. The offense has been terrible in general. If you're telling me that like a, a guy with that situation has played marginally better, at least statistically, and it's starting to rise a little or was starting to rise a little bit more when he was healthy, uh, that says more to me about Nick Foles than it does about Sam Bradford. To, to be honest with you, and we'll have to see what happens in the next stretch of, of games here. But Nick Foles is nowhere close to the ability that Bradford has, and I, I, I don't, I don't know how anybody can really see that. If you're, if you're in the stat box, I get that. You know, when you're looking at the overall, overall statistics, it looks really bad. But I could pull up Cam Newton, who I would take 500 times over Sam Bradford in a heartbeat, and they, the only difference between them is a 10 career wins. Otherwise, they have very similar numbers. All I'm saying is don't get your head stuck. The tape matters. Things matter. I don't know, BLG. What do you think about all that? I think Nick Foles is awful. <laughs> <laughs> I do. That's what you could say, yeah. He's, he is, is just, oh, man. I can't believe, to me, I just can't believe people actually thought he was good. I just, I can't. He's just, I honestly have no idea how 27 and 2 happened. Just, like, looking back to, to just how bad he is now and just looking back and being like, this guy threw for 27 touchdowns and two interceptions. It's really incredible. And that's, I guess that's a huge reason why people still believe in Chip, too, is because he made something oh, yeah. like that happen. But getting back to the Foles-Bradford thing, yeah, I mean, to me, I was looking at this like there's no way the Eagles can bring Nick Foles back because he was going to be a free agent after this season. So he's kind of a lame duck quarterback. They would have to make a decision on him. I think the Eagles had seen plenty out of him. They they had a plenty big enough sample size to know that, you know, this guy just isn't the franchise quarterback. I mean, even if you want to talk about 27-2, look at the tape from some of those games later in the year. It was not good. Some of those numbers, like he would finish the game with stats that looked a lot better than his actual performance indicated. The tape was not good. Look at the playoff game. You know, I mean, ah. Yeah, I'm talking bad. about Nick Foles too much, but <laughs> but I think we it, all have been. Yeah, you had to move on. That's my point. You had to move on. Now, giving up a second round pick and getting Sam Bradford was that the best move? Sunk no cost. You meant sunk cost. Oh yeah, it was it. I'm not saying that was the right move. I'm just saying that moving on from Nick Foles was definitely the right move, at least to me. And the options weren't great, so that kind of puts you in a situation where you have to trade for Sam Bradford or, or you have to do something. I think it would have been a lot more irresponsible to just keep Nick Foles and think that was going to work out. Cause that to me would show, you know, chip doesn't know what he's doing. Like you can't, right. you're not going to be able to make this work and you're just sticking with it and you're not even trying to get better. I mean, that would have been awful to me, but it comes back down to when we- well, BLG actually with that, because well, let, let me just think about that for a second. Do you think the reaction from the fans would have been different if Foles was still here this year though? Would there be less heat on Chip Kelly where you're just like, well, there's just a situation where you need a quarterback. There's just a situation where you need a quarterback and you need to get some other. Would that be, if if everything else happened, they kept the second-round pick and Foles was still here, would there be less heat? Maybe. just be, I think because of the, the second-round pick, especially in hindsight, it's easy to say now, would have been less infuriating to people, I think. I think that's where a lot of the anger comes from, from that trade. It's not just Bradford. I think if it was a straight swap, you know, Bradford-Foles, I think a lot of people wouldn't feel awesome, but they'd be like, yeah, I kind of get it more, you know, cause like they're trying to move on from Foles cause he clearly wasn't the answer. But to get back to the, the whole crux of this Bradford Foles thing is bottom line is they're not good enough. Neither of them are good enough. You're not contending with either quarterback. You're not, a, you're not winning a Super Bowl with either quarterback. You're just not. And Eagles thought they might be able to with Sam Bradford. They took a chance. I think, you know, that was worth taking a chance, but now I think, you know, we, we talked about it earlier. I think you can you can bring Bradford back maybe on a one year deal, see what happens. But you really need to draft a guy, and you really need to develop. Yeah, him. no, I think they need to do both. I I don't want to walk in uh, with Sanchez next year. Sorry, I don't care about the cost. You know, you have to have a guy that that's going to be here for a couple of years because then you're saying <laughs> again, then you're just betting all your chips on one of these guys in the draft. Which if you, I, I was I would have been fine with doing that last year, but not this year. You know, I just, I, this is, you don't need to do it at all. I think that's, I think 
that's been one of the Eagles' biggest mistakes in all of this is not doing what kind of what Seattle did with Russell Wilson and Matt Flynn and Charlie Whitehurst and get multiple lottery tickets and try to see if they're going to work out. They basically just they got Sam Bradford and they were like, all right, he's the guy. We're bringing back Mark Sanchez, but they already knew Sanchez wasn't anything more than he is. And they brought in Tim Tebow, which is, you know, it's kind of like a waste. And they knew Matt Barkley. They weren't even, they were pretty much moved on from Matt Barkley last year. So they brought him back, even though in, in the offseason, at least knowing that he wasn't the answer. So the fact that the Eagles didn't take like multiple lottery tickets and try to get a Tyrod Taylor, and I'm not saying, you know, make Tyrod Taylor the starter. It's so much easier to say now in hindsight, but I'm saying that's the kind of guy they should have been trying to take chances on. Yeah. Or along with, yeah, I, I completely agree. I, and, and I'll excuse, look, I'll, I'll look at, I know it's kind of a hard, I'm not trying to bargain anything. I'm really not. I just think if you look at even just this year's draft class after Winston and Mariota, all those teams are drafting another quarterback next year too. So that's where I'm like, eh, I guess I'm okay if you want to, If <laughs> I don't know, if it would have been a second rounder this year, <laughs> I don't know, we can play that game forever. Basically, I, I think you need to keep Bradford. You need to uh, keep drafting quarterbacks until you hit or uh, slash till you find something better. That's the way it's got to be out here. Uh, you have to have some kind of continuity, though. They haven't had it here for three years. Uh, let's get to have a little fun. Let's finish this out and get to the NFL pick. Hit me. It's time to ring the bell and place some bets. Hey, I don't want your money punching my money. Here come our NFL picks. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talk. Starting out, uh, BLG went three and one last week. By the way, so uh, maybe you want to listen to him more than you do me. Uh, I'm taking us to where both teams claim to be from, but don't actually play in. I'm, t- I'm going to look at the Jets and the Giants playing in New Jersey, uh, uh, a home and home. I guess you could you could say the uh, Jets being the away team uh, technically this week, but they're uh, uh, just a uh, they're a two point favorite against the Giants here. And I think this is a pretty important game for both teams. And I actually, I'm going to take the, I'm going to take the Jets and the points here. Yeah, I'll take the Jets. I think they're, they're just a better team than the Giants. I'm not really, I'm not really sold on this Giants team at all. Uh, Darrell Revis is going to be out. So that kind of concerns me a little bit, but overall, I think I, I feel good about taking Todd Bowles. All right, well, let's take another little quick trip down to uh, Washington. Let's meet, say our old, hi to our old friends there. And look, I never thought I'd say it. I think they're going to win the division. <laughs> no, it's good. It's kind of crazy. They got a, uh, only because they got a pretty easy schedule. They play uh, really well at home. Uh, maybe the Eagles, maybe the fun will come at week 16 and 17 when the Eagles can play spoiler. You know, who knows? Or if, if that's like, maybe they need to win both of those and the Giants need to, Giants and Washington need to lose both of those. Could be a little fun, but uh, they are actually a four point favorite over the Dallas Dumpster Fire, who d- didn't really expect that to happen. I thought they were going to, you know, miss the playoffs. But hey, you know, they could. Technically, <laughs> they're only two games out, too, and that's why, why they made that stupid decision to not put uh, Tony Romo on IR. That's so that's a that's a good thing. Uh, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm also taking I'm going to take Washington and the points here, too, my friend. Where, uh, where are you at? Not to be boring, John, but I, I agree with you once again. I, I think it's uh, this is a game where Cowboys just aren't very good and they, they weren't able to win without Tony Romo. And I don't see why they suddenly are going to be again without him so and i and going back to the whole washington thing to make a bigger point here i think it's actually good for the eagles if washington wins the division because you don't want the giants to win you don't just don't because if if the giants win the division they're gonna win the super bowl they just you know they're not good enough to but they just will somehow because that's how the that's what happens with the giants the giants almost beat the patriots a couple weeks ago (laughs) somehow like you if, if you're an Eagles fan, you don't want the Giants anywhere near the playoffs because it's just so Giants of them to go on this run that makes no sense. So with that in mind, I think you feel a lot better about Washington making the playoffs because I don't think they're really going anywhere. And I think going kind of talking about with the Eagles, what I don't want to happen with them and and or what I think is not good for them and, and buying into a, a false positive at the end of the year here. I think Washington winning the division is kind of buying into a false positive for them because I think they're going to stick with Kirk Cousins. I think they're going to stick with Jay Gruden. I think they're kind of thinking, okay, we can just go with this and we're going to be a good good team all of a sudden. I don't think they're going. That's all going to work out in the long term. So I think Washington winning could actually be good 
for the Eagle. Yeah, absolutely. If they, just like you were saying, if they if they want to be sold on Kirk Cousins, Jay Gruden, God bless them. <laughs> I think that would work out great. You know, so have those guys work out. Uh, Garrett's not going to get fired. You, you probably have Coughlin still going to be in the mix here, obviously. And to get a top fifteen pick of what kind of hopefully impactful player, uh, I think I'm I'm on board with that. If they somehow squeak this thing out into a complete turnaround and shock us, shock the world, I'm fine with that too. Just just probably not going to happen. And speaking of which, the line has for the Eagles has gone from open at 13 and a half. It's gone to nine here. Uh, BLG, what is your official prediction for this football game? Uh, it's a definite loss. I don't think I could. I don't. I can't see how anyone is taking the Patriots to lose this game and yeah. the Eagles to win. Maybe, but then again, I say that and just watch the Eagles win to somehow in a way that makes no sense at all, and then we'll just be like, "What the heck just happened?" But no, I'm going to take the Eagles to lose. Patriots win, thirty-one to fourteen. Not as bad as the last two weeks, but still, you know, still not a close game. Uh, yeah, I don't think they, um, I don't think they cover, and they're definitely not winning. I, I have this as like a, a 28-17, somewhere, somewhere around there. Well, twenty-eight seventeen, I guess they do cover. So, uh, I, I think it's close, closer than. Uh, Maybe people think, and I'm, maybe that's just all in hope, because if it's a blowout, I don't want to deal with it. <laughs> if it's a blowout, I don't want to deal with it. But one thing you can deal with, uh, myself and James Elser will be on 97.5 The Fanatic on Sunday morning from 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. We're going to have uh, Rich Hill from patspulpit.com. Really good guy, good follow on Twitter, knows uh, all the ins and outs of the, the Patriot uh, regime, and he even thinks that it's going to be uh, uh, closer than everybody thinks, but... Uh, with that being said, for myself, uh, John Barchin, for Mr. Uh, BLG, Brandon Lee Gout, we thank you so much for listening to episode number 132 uh, again, I guess I should say. And uh, we uh, we will catch you uh, this weekend and, of course, uh, next week with all the reaction right here on BleedingGreenNation.com and LibertyBroadcast.co. You've been listening to BGN Radio right here on BleedingGreenNation.com. Fueled by Duncan Philly and part of the Liberty Broadcast Network. Folks, we have now reached our final destination of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. We realize you have a choice in podcast, and we thank you for choosing ours.